You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Well, met fellow adventurers, it is time to finally reunite the spirit of the ancient hero, hero Zirigel in the adventure, the formal adventure, Zirigel's Path. It is at hand, says Tarkanor. I believe you may already know where to go. I can almost hear his spirit calling to you. And here we go. Once more, the back room of the Griffin's Ledge provides the backdrop for your meeting with Tarkanor. The old man, his face creased into a broad smile, welcomes you warmly as you arrive and take your seat at his table. It is his hand, says Tarkanor. I believe you may already know where to go. I can almost hear his spirit calling to you. Before you can respond to what he's just said, he inquires about the dagger. You still have it, I hope, he says. Yes, of course. You can't be rid of it now. Not until the task is complete. Not until the reborn spirit of Zirigal is forever laid to rest. Are you ready? When you tell him you're ready to embark on the last part of the mission, he nods and produces a third piece of paper he promptly hands to you. After undoing the frayed string encircling the paper, you carefully unroll it to discover that an evil scurfice bears a single word written in a flowing, fanciful script. Below the word, written in the same script, is a short, cryptic verse. Two upon over once below, twice upon the finger stone, 
cursed keynote twisted white I would turn to set things white <laughs> okay that, that's rhyming white with white <laughs> okay that that's not so good <laughs> oh zero girl apparently you were a great warrior but you weren't a great poet Arkanor's note this piece of paper was given to you by Tarkanor it's a sink so an even surface bears a single word written in a flowing fantasy script below the word written in the same script is a short cryptic verse and I just sang that so I'm not going to sing it again Tarkanor tells you that, that what is written on the paper is what was translated from the iron tablets you received. I was only able to translate the word Hukodata, he says, taking an obvious measure of pride in announcing the compliment. It's an ancient Dardavian word that most likely means either freedom or peace. I place the remainder of the task into the hands of far more capable scholars. The word, it seems, is what you will need to recite at some point during what lies ahead. The rest of it, a very strange verse, seems to be trying to convey something. Something I'm afraid we cannot yet hope to make sense of. It's probably a clue to the puzzle in the dungeon. Because it usually is. I mean, that was it, that's what it was in... The Giants Part 2 Stone Song, for example. Suddenly, overcome by a keen desire to embark on the last part of the task, you ask Tarkanor about the location of the cave in which the second Iron Scroll is believed to lie. He seems to sense your urgency. Zirogol's spirit is at work, he said, but I must urge caution. What his spirit wants, and what it is we must do, can never be confused. Heed his call, but do not succumb to it. You listen carefully as Tarkanor details for you the location of the cave near Fangridge. The cave in which you are to retrieve the second of Zurigal's Iron Scrolls. He tells you the cave is also where you will affect the rebirth of subscrete and demise of Zurigal's spirit. As with the caves that have had to hold the iron tablets, you suddenly realise you already know the desired described rotation. Almost as if you've been there before, because part of me has. <laughs> His spirit will be revived when the two iron scrolls are united, he says. You carry the first iron scroll with you, and, and will use the verse I've given to you to unlock the other. Then, Using the scrolls, you will stir from sleep the soul of a man who last walked the face of this world more than an age ago. Tarkanor's eyes narrow. He lowers his hands and fits them snugly around the steaming muck of paleo resting between his elbows. Then, you'll use the dagger and destroy his spirit. Tarkanor tells you, 
that one zero gold spirit has been revived. You must quickly dispatch it with the dagger of soul wedding. Delay, he warned you, will likely prove costly. With no way of knowing the precise difficulties that will await you on the final part of the mission, but driven by a growing desire to see the task through to completion, he announced that you are ready to depart, the old man, his eyes twitching as he studies you closely. Slowly nods. Soup. He says, his voice much lower than just a moment ago. There is something you need to be mindful of. Tarkanot. His searching gaze leaving you with a vague, unsettled feeling. Tells you, you must remain on your guard and not to succumb to the gall of a spirit desperate to re-establish itself among the living. Sirigal must at last know the peace that has long awaited him, he says. His stare softening as a hint of sadness creeps into his voice. Must be a true and eternal peace. Told you why why we no longer wish to see his spirit revised, why it must not be allowed to roam this world, but beyond the obvious dangers such a thing would pose, there is our respect. That our love for the man that was, the man who cannot, who must not again be. You're suddenly overcome by a strange strange sense of disorientation. As the vivid image of a cave is shadowy more concealed by a near impenetrable wall of foliage takes form in your mind. The picture in your thoughts serves to harden your resolve to embark upon and complete your task. You must go, says Tarkanor, as if he senses your distress. Please know it is doubtful we will meet we will meet again. There will be something for you though, at the end of all this. We do not trust the luck when we chose you, Zub. Yes, there will be something for you. It will find its way to you. You watch as Tarkanor retrieves the iron scroll from his wooden box. He stares thoughtfully at the object for several moments and then hands it to you. Zurigal's iron scroll, one of two. Let's have a look at this. This is the first of two iron scrolls left behind by Zurigal. This is the scroll that was first presented to you by Tarkanor. The back room of the Griffin Ledge Alehouse in Trithic. Despite being made of metal, the scroll is able to be, unfur- be furled and unfurled as if it were a stiff sheet of paper. A large engraved Z dominates the top of the metal sheet, just beneath the lone letter. Spread out across the face of the iron sheet, are five engraved circles. You need not worry about returning it to me, he says. I shall be glad enough to know this is the last search of its intended purpose. At least in part. Tarkanor stands and steps around the table, his usual piercing gaze profoundly softened. You detect the trace of a smile at the corner of the old man's mouth. He seems prepared to initiate his soul across, but suddenly turns and strides out of the room without another word. He never looks back. With the image of the location of the cave near Fangwich still at the thaw of your thoughts, you set out immediately, eager to have the last portion of an arduous 
and increasingly dangerous affair at last underway. Your journey into the forest that surrounds Fang Ridge proves both swift and without incident, following the images in your mind, strange, vivid memories of a place you've never visited. You have little, little difficulty reaching your destination. As you descend a wooded, boulder-strewn slope, less than a mile from the forest's southern edge, your eyes are suddenly drawn to a scene that matches the pictures flashing through your thoughts. Not far ahead, at the end of a wide, tangled ravine that runs along the base of the hill, you spot the large but well-concealed mouth of a cave. Only a few minutes after first catching sight of the cave, you find yourself drawing up to its gaping maw. A thick wall of vines and bramble, custodying down from an overhang of ledge on the lip of the ravine, almost completely conceals the wide mouth of the cave. As you investigate the natural barrier, Seeking to find the easiest way past the near impenetrable vegetation, you startled to discover that someone has quite recently cut a narrow path through, through the sea of thorns and vines. Your mind immediately conjures up many unsettling possibilities this bit of handiwork may represent. Despite your misgivings about this unexpected turn of events, you find your odd willing to even entertain the idea of abandoning the final stage of remission. However, recalling your encounter with the young thief outside the cave in Bentlin Wood, you vow to remain on your guard. After slipping along the path carved by your unknown predecessor, you draw out your light and cautiously make your way into the cave. You are standing at the bottom of a deep stone, steep stone ramp that leads up and out of the cave. The damp, jagged walls around you glisten in the invading glow of your light. The foul, unmistakable odour of what drifts past you, carried by an unusually cool air that fills this long-concealed lair. From here, tunnels stretch off into darkness to the west, north and south. So I'm sort of in the middle of this cave. Alright, I'm going to start by making my way to the northeast corner. The chill damp air that fills these twisting caves passages carries it with it the faint but unpleasant odour of what? A small iron latch is affixed to the smooth section of the wall in this section of the tunnel. Set into the centre of the iron plate is a small keyhole. Okay. So near the northeast corner, there's a small keyhole. So I gotta get a small key. Okay. A soft oozing sound which it reaches your ears only a split second before your eyes fall upon its hideous source. Moving towards you out of the darkness ahead, its weaving torso leaving a slimy trail on the glistening cave floor is a large blood grub. The fearless predator. Its broad princes stretched wide, bears down on you with unnerving swiftness. Alright, it's a blood grub. The pale grey blood grub, with its massive set of long black pincers, is a truly revolting sight. The fearsome predator, normally the size of a small dog, dog 
moves about much more swiftly than its bulky weaving torso might otherwise suggest. Blub clubs use their pincers to seize their prey, which is any living thing within striking distance, and then proceed to attach their wound, wound mouth to the victim's flesh and suck out its blood. Blood grubs can be found in many environments, including forests, swamps, lakes, rivers, and caves. Though they can be encountered alone, there are tales abound of adventurers who have unwittingly stumbled into the nest of these deadly, voracious creatures. A blood grub nest may sometimes include Sigareb, a female blood grub. Sidagrebs are typically twice the size of an ordinary blood grub, which makes an encounter with one a rather frightening proposition. Alright, now just to fight it. Snaps it through his massive pincers and is slain. Easy peasy, 11 XP. After quickly checking over your gear and ridding your tyre. Of the sliming, oozing remnants of the slain grub, he once again set off through the cave. Okay, here's another blood grub, just gonna quick combat that. Another 11 XP. Okay, there's an alcove to the east. A broad iron plate is set into the floor in this section of the cave tunnel. A small stone lever rises out of the narrow slot that runs down the centre of the plate. The lever, which appears to be able to be moved left or right, standing straight up. Uh, move the lever to the left, refuses to budge. Move it to the right, it refuses to budge. Okay, whatever it is I do there, I can't do it yet. Okay, going to the southeast corner. Uh, and here we are. The instant you step into the broad nook at the end of the passage, the floors and wall begin to weave. Horror overcomes you as you suddenly realise you stumbled into what appears to be a nest of blood grubs. Before you can fall back, the vile creatures swarm you, their, pier their piercers gashing wildly as they attempt to take hold of their next meal. The first of seven blood grubs. Snaps at you with his massive pincers and is slain at 11 XP. Before you can catch your breath, you're immediately set upon by another of the vile blood grubs. Here's number two. The enemy's powerful pincers bite into your flesh for five damage. Okay, 12 XP for that. Here comes another one. And then they get, like most. Like most combat congas, they seem to be getting slightly more difficult. Going by the XP. That is, I mean, they're all 3 plus, obviously. There's 11. Uh, hmm, might just be natural variation. Alright, 12. And here's the 7th and final one. It is slain. 12 XP. You exhale sharply and wipe away the sweat streaming down your brow as the last of the blood grubs melts into a fetid pool of blood and slime at your feet. After making certain the nest is empty, you spend a few moments cleaning off your gear and recovering from the battle. You're standing in the midst of what was 
until you got through it, a nest of blood grubs, rotting vegetation, the swivel, decaying carcass of several forest animals, and a heap of oozing blood grub remains littered the floor of this broad nook. Must well search it. Picking a number, bonus of 40. 20 from luck, 20 from woodmanship, got to get 100 or more. To find something, to avoid something, I don't know. 54 failure. Despite a thorough and extremely unpleasant search through the remains of the legs, you don't discover anything of particular interest. Keep searching! Same joke again. 96 failure. Keep searching! 103 success, suddenly. 128 experience to general. You spot something towards the bottom of the heap of rotting remains. Without a second thought, you snatch up the curious object and discover it's a small stone spear, no bigger than the palm of your hand. Believing the spear may somehow prove to be important, you promptly place it amongst your other belongings. It's a small stone spear. This is a small, grey, perfectly round spear. Confident you've now thoroughly searched the remains of the nest, you carefully check over your equipment before turning and setting off along the cave passage. And I can go there and nothing more to do at that nest. Something will eat them things, surely. There's another blood grub. Yes. So, hmm. Probably not the nicest place to have half your soul resting for an indeterminate amount of time, but admittedly, you've got to have it be somewhat nasty, otherwise people would just, you know, take it and do stuff. Another blood grub. Lots of blood grubs around here. Don't know what they're eating. Standing against a jagged wall in this small chamber, the end of the cave tunnel is a crude sculpture of a warrior holding a large hammer. The life-size statue appears to have been only partially complete. Inside a carved circle on the broad base of the sculpture is an engraving that seems to depict a two-handed, two-headed serpent. Examine the statue more closely. As you step up to the statue, a faint green aura subtly appears around the crude sculpture. Just as quickly, however... The aura abruptly fades. After waiting for several moments, you move back from the statue. Head back west. Okay. Alright, going sort of near the eastern side now. You're standing at the end of a short tunnel. There, slumped against the base of a glistening cave wall, is the pale, swiveled body of a man clad in studded leather. You carefully examine the corpse and discover, much to horror, that nearly every drop of blood has been drained from him. Well, that's to be expected, considering the amount of blood grubs around here. Despite the terrifying observation, it's obvious to you the man has only been dead for a few days. You died. The idea that someone other than you made an attempt to explore this cave is a sobering and unsettling notion. It will, not it will not entirely surprising, as you plainly recall the path recently cut through the vines and bramble at the mouth of the cave. Hmm. 
A search of the man body turns up two weapons, several pieces of armour, and a leather pouch. Okay, lots of studied leather equipment. Superior short sword, well-crafted axe. The pouch contains a small piece of paper on which has been scrawled a short note. As your eyes scan the note, your pulse suddenly quickens. You read the note several times to be certain what you're actually seeing. It contains the entire verse that was translated from the iron tablets. Two upon over one below, twice upon the finger stone. Cursed key not twisted right, I return to set things right. You quickly realise that only the single Adivarian word, Hukrandor, the word which Takanor himself deciphered, is missing. Oh, then that must mean... The scholar that he sent it to had his own agenda. Wanted to do something with Zirigal's spirit. He wouldn't really be able to do anything with the spirit without without both scrolls. Hmm. Maybe just stop him from coming back? I mean, there's, pl- I mean, there's plenty of people who wouldn't want a... Who wouldn't want an heroic spirit just running around doing good deeds and, you know, messing up, messing up sinister plans all up the wazoo. As you begin to contemplate the, the, the unsettling discovery, a painful, burning sensation suddenly courses through, through the hand with which you're holding the note. So I can drop the note or continue holding the note. There's really no reason for me to hold the note, so I'll drop the note. The instant you let go of the note, a ball of yellow flame swiftly engulfs the small piece of paper. Seconds later, when the fire abruptly goes out, all that's left of the note is a pool of wispy grey ash, gently settling onto the damp cave floor. Alright. And that's that. Right, northern bit. You're, sta- you're standing in a large chamber at the southern end of the cave tunnel. Carved into the glistening cave floor at the centre of the massive cave is a large circle, roughly three feet across. Inside the circle is a strange engraving that seems to depict a two-headed serpent. You immediately recognise this carving to be some sort of magical glyph. You find yourself strangely drawn to the curious symbol. Approach the glyph. You approach and carefully examine the glyph. As you start stare, stand staring down at the carved symbol, you're suddenly overcome by the eerie feeling you're being watched by unseen eyes. After casting your gaze about the massive chamber to make certain you're alone, you step back from the symbol. Alright. That might do something like that. Here's another blood grub. Sneaking up on me while I'm looking at a glyph, why don't you? Typical blood grubs. There's that statue. It's near the western side. Okay, now let's explore more of this dungeon. Alright, I got to the entrance. Now I'm going west. 
Checking out the northwestern bit, another alcove there. A wide, two-tiered stone plinth rests against a wall in this section of the cave tunnel. The massive slabs of stone that make up this plinth appear to be impossibly heavy, making you wonder how anyone could have managed to haul them this deep into the cave. Mm. Probably uh, logs or magic. Logs or magic. I mean, you can do it, and you can do a lot with pulleys. <laughs> Examine the plinth. The two-tiered plinth is made up of two broad slabs of grey field spar. The upper, lower plinth slab rests atop three large round stones that sit on the lower slab. A massive piece of granite holds the plinth's lower slab off the cave floor. Two round impressions are carved into the surface of each of the plinth's tiers. Hmm. Okay, so I... Okay, so I can move... There's a blood grub. I think I've got to get three of those spears first before I can do anything there. The pale, swiveled remains of a woad woman lie slumped against this damp, uneven wall at the end of the cave tunnel. I just went east a bit. A closer examination of the corpse reveals that nearly every single drop has been drained from it. Despite the gruesome condition of her body, you don't believe she has been dead for longer than a few days. Just the idea that someone other than you attempted to navigate these dark, twisting passages leaves you with an uneasy feeling. You vividly recall the path recently cut through the vines and bramble at the mouth of the cave. Hmm. It's almost... Okay, there's sinister people who don't want the spirit united. Because if you want the spirit united, you would come in after me, not before. Because that's the only way you can get both pieces. You come after me, you know, just hide. Oh, I don't know. Maybe they were planning to like, lie in ambush for me when Ziggurat spirit was reunited, and you know, just kill me before before I can destroy Ziggurat, and then be free to do. Some dastardly necromantic rites upon him, presumably. Or perhaps not, who knows. A quick search of the woman's body turns up a dagger, an iron staff and a small quantity of gold. Alright, yeah, these are still, these are generic items and 32 gold. After concluding your search, you step back from the body. What's going to the western side? There's a little alcove there. The instant you step into a broad nook at the end of the passage, the walls and floor begin to weave. Horror overcomes you as you suddenly realise you've stumbled into what appears to be a nest of blood grubs. Before you can fall back, the vile creatures swarm you, their pincers dashing wildly as they attempt to take hold of their next meal. It's okay, it's blood grub. One of eight. I'm just going to bash these quick combat. Number two. 
12 XP for all of these, or 11 XP for that one. 12 XP, number five. And there's six. And seven. And eight. 12 XP. Few moments chip clearing off your gear and recovering from battle search the nest now okay check of 40 got to get 150 failure continue searching there was something in the last one so there'll be something in this one 113 success 128 experience to general you certainly spot something towards the bottom of the heap of rotting remains Without a second thought, you snatch up the curious object and discover it's a small stone spear, no bigger than the palm of your hand. Believing the spear may somehow prove to be important, you promptly place it in amongst your other belongings. It's a small stone spear. And it's just like the previous one. Confident you've now thoroughly searched the remains of the nest, you carefully check over the equipment before turning and setting off out of the cave passage. Okay, now to the southwest corner. I think there'll be another nest. More blood grub. Yep, lots of blood grubs here for some reason. Okay, now the southwest corner has had a long passage, and at the end of it, another blood grub nest. This one with nine blood grubs. Starting us, just bash it on. Bashy, 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 bashy. Gotta give them all a bash. Bash every blood grub that you see. Before they suck your blood. Because you need your blood. You need your blood to stay alive. And move your limbs to smash the blood grubs. Because you do, you need to smash them. Before they drink your blood. Because if you don't have blood, you'll be dead. And that's not nice. So I've heard, maybe it is nice, but do you really want to take the chance with that? <laughs> and that's the last of them. <laughs> no, 11 XP. Exhale sharply and wipe away the sweat steaming down your brow as the last of the blood grubs melts into a fetid pool of blood and slime at your feet. After making certain the nest is empty... You spend a few moments clearing, cleaning off your gear and recovering from battle. Alright, got to search this nest too. It's a big, gross pile of grossness with rotting vegetation, the swivel decaying carcasses of several forest animals and a heap of oozing blood grub remains. A recent addition litter the floor of this broad nook. Got to search the nest. Bonus of 40, got to get 100 to find the third spear. Oh, I found it on the first try. My hands and my general sense of hygiene is thankful. I, I, I don't know how I'm going to clear myself off, though, after this. Do, do, I, do I have, like, rags in my inventory I just wipe all the dirt off on? Hmm. Well, I do, I do, yeah, what, what power would you use? Well, I could use the power of conjuration. Conjure soap! 
Yes, okay, use the power of conjuration, or I could just use destruction on the dirt. Divination would be much help. Elementalism, that would help, get some nice clean water. Or I could cast, or in advance, I could cast a very tight, very tight barrier of fortification on myself. So I have like magic gloves. So, so I don't get mucky. No, no, your, your gating wouldn't help. Illusion would look like it helps, but wouldn't actually help. I can make it like you could cast an illusion that I'm not a gross, stinky, stinky head. Don't, definitely no necromancy. That wouldn't help at all with. At all with being stinky. Unless I raised a skeleton to do the stinky stuff for me. Which considers. Probably restoration wouldn't help. Uh, shadow magic? Maybe. It seems that shadows can do whatever they want. So. If the shadows wanted to, they could. And of course, I could have just used telekinesis to search through that gross pile. And then I'd only get my then I'd only get my mind dirty. And that's already happened, probably. You suddenly spot something towards the bottom of the heap of rotting remains. Without a second thought, you snatch up the curious object. This is a small stone spear, no bigger than a part of your hand. Believing the spear may somehow prove to be important, you promptly place it in amongst your other belongings. Small stone spear. Confident you've now thoroughly searched the remains of the nest, you carefully check over your equipment before turning and setting off along the cave passage. Okay, now I can put those spears on... The on those little shelves. What was it that Tarkanor's note says? Okay, yes. Two upon over one below. Okay, examine the plinth. Particular item may be of use here, and that will be the small stone. Small stone spear. Yeah, we've got a lot of small things in my inventory. We've got a small, we've got a small copper key, a small cube of raven bone, small etched stone one, two, and three, a small leather couch, pouch, and, a, and five small steel keys. Small stone spear. Use it now. Okay. May choose to place the stone spear in one of the empty impressions at either the top or bottom of the plinth. You know what? I'm going to do it wrong. You carefully place a stone spear in impression on the plinth's top tier. A stone spear rests in one of the impressions on the plinth's top tier. Okay. Right. And then place it in the top tier again. And then the third one. The impressions in the top tier are tall, but you place the stone spear on the impressions on the bottom tier. Okay, nothing happened. So I'll remove it from the top tier and just add it to the bottom. Alright, put it on the bottom tier. 
Uh, examine the plinth. Oh, maybe it doesn't. Do I thought maybe something would instantly happen. Twice upon the finger stone. Hmm. Okay, maybe the statue. All right, there's another blood grub. I think. I think that's it. Twice a pop. Well, we're two below. Check the check. Tarkinor's nodes again. Probably should have just copied that somewhere. Alright. Two upon over one below. Twice upon the finger stone. Alright, examine the statue. Alright, nothing seems to happen here. There's another blood grub. Okay. Twice upon the finger stone. Oh, there's that, that man. He had the note. Can I approach the glimpse? As you you cast your gaze about the massive chamber to make certain you're alone, you step back from the symbol. Nothing about a finger here, so, hmm. Okay, could that be it? There's a blood grub. Well, I've got to get a key. Alright, was it? Alright, what's in the southeast corner? That was a nest, wasn't it? Yep, that was a nest. That was the first nest we went to. Okay, eastern alcove. Broad iron plate is set onto the floor in this section of the cave tunnel. A tall stone leaves that rises out of a narrow slot that runs down the centre of the plate. The lever, which appears to be able to be moved left or right, is standing straight up. Uh, pull it to the right. Refuse it to budge. Pull it to the right. Pull it to the left. Nope, nope, can't do it there. Okay, there's another blood grub. Yeah, just this come kind of wandering around a bit. No, there's a key you can use there, but I haven't got any keys yet. And this is the way out of the cave. No real point leaving it. You're standing out in dust inside the cave. A thick wall of vines and bramble. Cascading down from the overhang of the ledge on the lip of the ravine, almost completely conceals the wide mouth of the cave. And now path has recently. Yep. And I cannot leave here, but I can rest here. Inexplicably driven by an unyielding urge to explore complete your mission, you find yourself unable to even entertain the thought of moving any great distance from the cave. As it seems by Tarkinor, it seems that Ziggur's spirit is at work within you. So I can rest. You restore Stanima halfway up a gentle slope, not far from the edge of the ravine. You set out in for a much needed rest. Stanima points restored, but not your Neville Reserve. Just take note of that. So that means in this place, you put, you put, if you've not got a lot of Neville Reserve, you don't have to use it for healing. You can just get out and rest for healing. At length, refreshed and ready to resume the final stage of your mission, 
make your way towards the mouth of the cave. Alright, enter the cave. Oh dear. And all the places I explored has been reset. There's a... Alright, went west. There's a nest of the blood grubs. What's here? And there's the, the body of the world woman. Examine the plinth. Sto small stone spear west in one of the impressions on the plinth's top tier. Two small stone spears west in impressions on the plinth's bottom tier. Okay, can I... What can I use? Maybe... Maybe if I can use Tarkanar's note somewhere? Use? No? Alright, uh, uh, the Ziggle scroll? I'm going to put it on the list anyway, so... Hmm. Okay. And that, that southwest just leads to... Just leads to another nest. Alright. There's this glimpse and the statue. A warrior holding a large hammer. It's only partially completed. I use Sigurd's Iron Scroll, perhaps? No? Use Tarkanor's Note? No? Examine the statue more closely. As you step up to the statue, a faint green aura suddenly appears around the crude sculpture. Just as quickly, however, the aura rapid, abruptly fades. To waiting for several moments, you move back from the statue. Alright, now, there must be something I can do here. There, there's the man who was killed. Sucked dry. Yeah, sent for reasons unknown. Why is the glimpse? Alright, I'll use Seagull's thing. Tarkinoth's note. Seagull's note. And Tarkinoth's note. Alright, head south. Hmm. Maybe that dagger I was given will do something. Dagger of soul ending. No, no, of course it doesn't do anything. It's good. It does nothing good, it only kills. Alright, tall stone lever. Move it to the right. Move it to the left. Alright. How about I pro probably mess things up with that stone by taking things off and putting things on again? Just take them all off, take things all off, all of them off, all everything off those stones. Examine the plinth, remove the stone spear from the top, move the stone spear from the bottom, remove the stone spear from the bottom. All right. And remember, Tarkanor's note. Where, where is it? Where is it? Where are ya? Tarkanor's note. Two upon over one below. Alright, two upon. Okay, now, 
Let's just find these small stone spears. Use top tier. Let's place the impression, place the spear impression on the top tier. Yeah, so sorry, it's taking me longer to solve the puzzle than you'd might like, but to a top over one below. Alright. Particular item may be of use here. Uh, Takano's note? No. Ziggle's iron scroll? No. I wasn't given anything else, just a dagger. Arcanion? No. Ah, uh, no, no. Hmm. Okay, now. Must be something. There's, that, there's, that's another blood grub nest. I'm, I'm done with those. Uh, and there's a keyhole, but I haven't got a key to put in it yet. Okay, now can I pull these levers? Only with great effort are you able to move the stone lever to the white. Move it to the left. Only with great effort are you able to move the stone levers to the west. From somewhere far off to the west, you can hear what sounds like metal sliding over stone. Okay, that, that seems promising. Let's go west then. Well, the westiest part is where those stones were. Ah, here's something. A small iron plate is set into a smooth section of the cane floor here. Resting atop the plate is a small, square-headed iron key. Take the key. As you lean down to pick up the key, you inexplicably find yourself hesitant to touch it. While certain what effect the seemingly innocuous object may be having on you, you pause to consider whether or not you want to take it. Well, I've kind of had to take it because I've got to use the key to solve the puzzle. Pick up the key. A square-headed key. View it. This is the square-headed he iron key you discovered while exploring a cave near Fangwich. From the moment you picked up the key, you felt hopelessly weak and wary. It's as if the key is cursed. The instant you pick up the key, a strange, unpleasant sensation washes over you. You suddenly feel extremely weak and wary. Alarmed by the profound change, you attempt to drop the key, only to discover, much to your horror, you cannot will yourself to be rid of it. Begin to think the key may be cursed. The key, which you can't seem to drop, seems to have a very negative effect on you. Your miller waiting, stanimo, stanimo points, and never reserve will all remain lowered while the key is in your possession. Must be some way to get rid of it. Well, I did find that keyhole in the north, near the northeast corner. I'm just going to wash there as quickly as possible because my my stats have gone down a lot. Ah, so nearly. Uh, let's see. Let's see. I've got. I got went my Neville my. Milo waiting went from two four eight to 
209. My standard points, they, they went down a lot. Neville Reserve went down 13. Yeah, it's, it's a devastating. Okay, here's that keyhole. Put the key in position. Alright, use the square headed key. Just use it, use it, use it! You carefully insert the iron key into the keyhole. The key twists softly into place. When you attempt to remove the key, you are surprised to discover you cannot pull it out. Yay! Much to relief, however, the ill effects seemingly brought on by having the key in your possession have suddenly disappeared. Your humiliating standard points and never reserve have been restored. And the key is gone. That, that, that was probably one of the shortest lived curses in the history of curses. I mean, yeah, I did. I literally didn't get into a single battle while I was cursed. So yeah, not as curses go. Doesn't compare in any way to the curse of Black Tor, because that that stayed with me for the three adventures. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I had to go. I had to fight hundreds of undead. Yes, yes, far, that was a far more serious curse. Okay, and there we are. And the key is gone. Okay, now what do I do? Put the lever in its middle position. Move it to the right. No. Yeah, it probably doesn't do anything. Okay. What does this statue do? Examine the statue close more closely. As you step up to the statue, a faint green aura suddenly appears around the crude sculpture. Instinctively, you begin to move back, but you find yourself almost frozen in space, overwhelmed by a desire to speak the word. Hong The word gleamed from the eye. The iron tablets by Tarkanor. Just say it! Say Hukodactor! The instant the word leaves your lips, a loud, reverberating groan rises out of the cave floor. The statue shudders and then slowly slides back nearly two feet, revealing a small hollow beneath its base. There, resting at the bottom of the hollow, is a furled iron scroll, identical to the one already in your possession. Elated to have at last acquired the key to your mission's success, you promptly recover the scroll. Ziggur's Iron Scroll, two of two. This is the second of the two Iron Scrolls left behind by Zirigal. This is the scroll you unlocked in the, in the cave near Fangwich. Despite being made of metal, the scroll is able to be furled and unfurled as if it was a stiff sheet of paper. A large engraved Z dominates the top of the metal sheet, just beneath the lone letter, spread out across the face of the iron sheet, is a graving of what appears to be a two-headed serpent. As your fingers close around the scroll, a strange feeling passes over you. The sensation quickly subsides, even you breathless and somewhat disorientated. 
1,024 experience to general, and 128 experience to all skills and powers. Pretty nice for a mid-adventure reward. After recovering from the effect produced by touching the scroll, you make a quick examination of a curious object. Despite being made of metal, the scroll is able to be furled and unfurled as if it was a stiff sheet of paper. A large engraved Z dominates the top of the metal sheet. Dust beneath the lone letter, spread out across the face of the iron sheet, is an engraving that depicts what appears to be a two-headed serpent. Now more confident than ever, you're nearing the successful completion of your mission. You carefully tuck the scroll in amongst your other belongings and, and prepare to set off on your way. Alright. Okay. And that's it. Now let's look at this glyph. Approach the glyph. Step back from the symbol. All right, head back south. What could it be? Okay, I've got the two scrolls. What else is there? Is there is, there's something on the this corner here. Oh yeah, that's just the guy who, the woman who'd been drained. Northwest corner. Examine the plinth, it's got, got those spears on it. Okay. Maybe. Maybe I have to adjust the lever. Okay, it's pulled to the right, put it to the left. Uh, can I pull the. Can I twist the key even if I can't get it out? Turn the key, turn the key. The key is currently in centre position, turn to the left. You gently turn the key to the left, the key turns and turns easily and clicks into place. Okay, that's probably, they said turn not right, so I turned it left. Okay, and okay, now can I do something with these glyphs? Approach the glyph. The instant you step towards the glyph, a pale greenish light floods the chamber. A sense of dread washes over you, only to be almost immediately replaced by a deep sense of calm. The ghostly figure of an armoured warrior, his hands grabbing the hilt of a massive hammer, takes form above the carved symbol. The ageing, bearded man fixes you with a hauntingly familiar glaze. Please, do not delay. Place the scrolls at my feet. The low voice issuing from the moving mouse of the apparition is without inflection. Realising you're looking at the ghost of Zirigol, you make several attempts to speak with your impression. Receive no response apart from the repeat of his original request. Now I guess there's not that much of him in that ghost. Probably only enough to, to notice the scrolls and ask for them to be placed place both iron scrolls at the ghost's feet you place both iron scrolls at the feet of the ghostly figure 
After several moments, when nothing seems to have happened, you lean down to retrieve the scrolls. Suddenly, before you can reach the scrolls, a bright green aura appears around them. As the tips of your fingers brush against the dazzling field of light, your hands are forcefully repelled. The ghostly figure of Zirigal, his head lowered and his eyes locked on the two scrolls, begins to rumble something as the green light flooding the chamber swiftly intensifies. As you step back, raising your forearm to shield your eyes, the ghost of Zirigal turns his haunting gaze upon you. For a fleeting instant, you're nearly certain the ghostly face is one you've seen before. Speak the word, intones the glowing apparition. Despite an overwhelming urge to utter the word you've recently used to unlock the same. The second iron scroll, you're suddenly overcome by a vague sense of appreciation. Sigwell's glowing image, a spirit not yet reborn, stares longingly back at you as you struggle to decide upon a course of action. So I can step away, or say the word. What if I step away? As you attempt to step away from the glowing spirit, you find yourself almost frozen in space, overwhelmed by a desire to speak the word you used to unlock the iron scroll. As you struggle to regain all your thoughts and actions a searing play pain erupts in your head all right picking a number bonus of 40 20 from mind 20 from spirit gotta get 75 or more 107 step away you manage to stave off the worst effects of the pain without suffering any ill effects breathless and weary but thankful to have survived the strange episode you hurriedly contemplate your next course of action step away No, uh, searing pain again. Failure. Eight damage. Breathless. You cry out in agony and drop to your knees as the pain in your head becomes unbearable. Breathless and weary, but thankful survives the strange episode. You hurriedly return to your feet as you contemplate. Step away! Okay, looks like... It looks like I can't actually step away. Okay, one more time. Yeah, if I step away, I just end up doing the check over and over and over again. I have, <laughs> it looks like it's one of the but thou must sort of thing, but with extra pain. All right, speak the word. After briefly referring to the piece of paper, paper given to you by Tarkinor. You clearly speak the word you recently used to unlock the second scroll. No look, no sooner has the Ardevarian word left your lips, a profound change comes over the glowing spirit. The greenish light filling the chamber rapidly diminishes until all trace of it has melted into the surrounding gloom. Only the ghostly, glowing figure of Zirigal, standing atop the carved glyph, remains. You certainly feel almost completely drained. So there's a large portion of your own light force that's been transferred to the reborn spirit of the ancient warrior. I cannot believe it, he says, his deep, resonant voice starts in contrast to the low monotone with which he first addressed you. I'm not the same as I was, but I cannot believe it worked. Oh my, all these years... My greatest fear was I would be left here, forgotten. That those who tended to my legacy were all gone. But wait. 
Something isn't right. Uneasy feeling comes over you as Ziggurat's spirit, stepping slowly off the cliff, renews his grip on his hammer and fixes you with a fierce glare. You have freed me, he says, his voice echoing off the glistening walls. But you have come here with murder in your heart. You suddenly realise your hand is, inexplicably, resting on the hilt of the dagger of soul-rendering. The weapon given to you by Tarkanor. The weapon you've been instructed to wield against Ziggur's frozen spirit. I now have sight beyond what my own, my eyes can see, says Ziragul, his gaze softening as his fingers relax their grip on the haft of his hammer. And I know why you've come and who sent you and what is supposed to happen. You must know. I won't try to stop you if you remain determined to carry out a task. They only ask that you first listen to what I have to say. Unable to move your hand from the dagger's hilt, your mind suddenly floods with images of the fang-shaped blade tearing through the glowing fabric of the spirit before you. Your body trembles as you struggle against a feathered, growing desire to wield the dagger against Zirigal's ghost. Now, I don't like weapons that try to tell me what to do. I don't like them at all, especially when they're Especially when they seem to be wanting to kill someone who seems really decent. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm wielding a deadly dagger and he has not attacked me. He, he, he's showing a lot of restraint for someone who's, someone who's having, having his kryptonite pointed at him nearly. All right, let, I'm, I'm going to listen to what he has to say. Yeah, yeah. This you can kill him, but the I think the overwhelming majority of people listen to what he has to say. You honour me by agreeing to my request, he says, his deep voice echoing throughout the chamber. As I've said, I can now see more than that which my eyes see. Someone has sent you here, and I know for what purpose. But you have been deceived from the beginning. How could you have known? You cannot bear any blame for this. For the wicked creature that wishes to ensure my demise. To prevent my return. Even in this form. Has deceit at the core of his being. I can sense it. He would summon me to another purpose. One which I would never accept. But one I would be powerless to protest. For that, for, for that dark purpose, I must first be truly dead. All of this I have foreseen, though much remains hidden, even to me. Breaking your silence, you ask Zachrinor, you ask Zirigal if Tarkinor is the wicked creature to which you just referred. He shakes his head, and then, in an unexpected display of emotion, smiles. That is a name I've come to know. Though I've never met the man who bears it, he says. He is the one who found you. The one who allowed you to absorb the elements of my spirit from the scroll. He is the one who gave you the weapon you are to employ against me. And yet, he is not an enemy. Not yours. And certainly not mine. 
Well, he's a really decent bloke. I mean, if someone, if someone gave, if you, if someone gave someone a weapon specifically to kill you, I'd probably be at least a little bit angry. But he's just so chill. Such a chill guy. So chill. Zero Girl pauses and closes his eyes. Takanor is both oddly familiar and utterly unknown to me, he says. Yet, there is no wickedness in him I can see. Something else claws at him. Something which has slowly seeped into his spirit. Perhaps there is a way to wipe this. But nothing is clear. You ask Zilg about what he's just said. The ghost of the warrior shakes his head. I can now see more than I ever thought possible, he says, a hint of resignation in his voice. But I cannot see anything. And some of what I do see, I have no hope of understanding. I only know that by putting an end to me, you will pay, play me into a hand of a foe whose designs I will be powerless to refuse. An enemy whose ultimate purpose remains unknown. Under the control of that foe, I would become a most dangerous weapon. Zurichal tells you that the unknown enemy to which he is referring seeks to raise his spirit from the dead, thus gaining complete control over him. How do I know this? You are right to ask, but I'm afraid I can tell you very little about it, he says. If you allow me to remain reborn as a spirit, I will give you my promise that I will seek out and defeat whoever or whatever this enemy proves to be. My only desire is to again know this world, and to do whatever small bits of good I might do, even though I have no hope of again doing so as a living man. Yeah, you are so chill. I mean, the whole being dead thing, people would be shooken by that, but you, such a, you're a real chap, you know that? Zirigold pauses, then asks if you're ready to make your decision. Yes, the decision is yours, he says. I ask you weigh both options carefully, for I cannot see your ends. Though I know the danger that awaits me once I'm truly dead. Is there a greater danger while I remain here? A spirit among the living? You followed my path to this point. The decision must be yours. Still unable to move your hand from the dagger's hilt, your mind again fills with images of the fang-shaped blade tearing through the glowing fabric of Zirigal's ghost. Despite what Zirigal has revealed, your body trembles as you struggle against a waging desire to wield the dagger against the spirit standing before you. So here it is. The choice. Attack Zirigal's ghost. Uh, there's no reason to do that. Uh, there's no, there seems to be no benefit to it. And a huge downside. So... Other than morbid curiosity, I don't know why you do that. Refuse to wield the dagger! The instant you decide that you will not wield the dagger against Zirigal's reborn spirit, 
your mind clears. All desire to, to slay the ghost standing before you vanishes, replaced by an inexplicable sense of euphoria. Your hand gently slips away from the hilt of the fan-shaped blade. I will go, says the ghost, his large hammer now resting over his white shoulder. Thankful, sir. Thank you, friend. You followed my path to its end and made a decision by which we will now abide. Still somewhat uncertain about the whole affair. You asked Zirago about Tarknor. He is among the last of the keepers of my legacy, he says. That much I can say with certainty. We can only hope that what has ever taken hold of him will now release its grip. If, in my present state, I can at all, at all help him, I will. Suddenly, Zirago sets forward and initiates a familiar gesture. Placing his glowing transparent hand squarely on your shoulder. They called this an honour quest when I last wound this world, he says. A shoulder quest, you say? Not quite the same effect on the ear, but doubtless the spirit remains attacked. Well met, Zoop. May you find a safe road to whatever place you call home. As Zirigal removes... His hand and turns to left. A strange, tingling sensation runs through your shoulder and to your chest. The brief but unsettling experience leaves you momentarily bewildered. 1,024 experience to general, 128 experience to all skills and powers. The warrior's ghost takes a single step, turns back and salutes you with a wave. Thank you, Zoop. Startled by Ziggle's use of your name, you're about to inquire further when he suddenly steps through the cave wall, disappearing from sight. Because, you know, he's a ghost. You can do that when you're a ghost. After nearly a minute, when it becomes apparent that his wizened spirit is now gone, you find your gaze drawn to the glyph carved on the unseen, uneven floor. There, resting on the edge of the engraved symbol, the two iron scrolls. After making certain that the curious objects are no longer protected by the ghostly aura, you promptly take possession of them, and they're the, they're the same as they were before. I don't know if they actually do anything now, because his spirit they they don't have his spirit in them anymore, because his spirit's just gone off to do ghostly heroism. I hope we meet again. That'd be nice. For several long minutes, you remain in the chamber, standing before the glyph upon which Zirigal's ghost first appeared. As you stare down at the strange symbol, a marking long ago carved into the uneven floor of this deep corner of the cave, you're suddenly assailed by a profound sense of loneliness. Content. With your desire to allow Zirigal's reborn spirit to go free, and with no desire to linger in these damp, dark tunnels, you immediately begin your trek out the cave, your eyes cautiously scouring every shadow. With only a single woe charm, which unfortunately took you back to the one, one of the blood nests you destroyed, you make your way out of the cave without incident. Once... Once in the forest, you spend a few moments checking over 
over and adjusting your gear before setting off on your way. Thankful feel to have hopefully at last reached the end of this strain of this strange and dangerous affair. As you retrace your steps through the wood, your thoughts turn to Tarknor, and you want and you immediately wonder, despite what Zirigol told you, what the old man will think of your decision to go against his wishes. If he ever finds out your last meeting with Tarkinor indicated you would not likely see him again. You will find yourself recounting some of the final words he spoke. You must go. Please, no, it is doubtful. We will meet again. There is something for you, though, the end of all this. We did not trust the luck when we chose you, Zoop. Yes, there will be something for you. We'll find its way to you. Several months later... Just when the events in the cave and the forest of Fangwich have become little more than the memory of yet another concluded adventure, and I have a lot of those, you're startled when an off-hand decision to visit the Griffin's, Edstel, uh, Griffin's Ledge Alehouse in Twithick yields an, unexpected, yields an unexpected encounter. The young woman moving up to you as you step through the alehouse door bows cautiously, and presents you with a small wooden box. You quickly discern she must be a courier. Before you can thank her, or inquire about the unexpected package, she curtly tells you she knows nothing of the sender. Much to your surprise, she learned that while in Migsville, she received instructions from another courier, who detailed the location of the box she just handed to you. The courier who tracked her down also gave her your name and description. I'd rather not say where that box was hidden, she says, frowning. There hadn't been a fair amount of gold in there. I've never gone after it. But that it's not often now to consider not making a delivery. But there are limits to everything. Well, I hope whatever's in there is important to you. You're about to thank her when she suddenly interrupts. Before I ask, no, I didn't look inside, she says, still frowning. With that, she bows, turns, and strides out the house, shoving her way past a handful of patrons gathering inside the door. After taking a seat at an empty table against the far wall, making certain you're not being observed, you carefully open the box. The box contains a grey cloth pouch, a thin stone wing, and a folded note. You open the pouch, and to dis and are surprised to discover it's filled with ten adventurer tokens. Yay! After, after securing the rare and valuable currency, you attempt to pick up the stone wing, only to have the curious band dissolve in your grasp. Seconds after the wing disappears, a strange sensation surges through you, leaving you shaken and momentarily breathless. 8,192 experience to jail. Whew, that's a big number. 256 experience to all skills and powers. Which is also nice. Your stanima points have been permanently increased by two. And that's the nicest part of all. After sufficiently recovering from the strange episode, 
you turn your attention to the folded note. You immediately recognise the flowing script. Inked into the worn surface of the paper is identical to the script on the note given to you by Tarkinor. The note to give the detail of the description of the iron transcription of the iron tablets. You carefully read the note. Dearest Soup, I pray that this message finds you well. Please expect these, accept these small tokens of our appreciation. May they prove to be of use to you. It is known to us that you did not succeed in sending our beloved to West. People will not hold your compassion against you. It's a quality that seems to have largely gone missing in these later days. I must confess that I may not have been entirely of my own mind during some of our last meetings. I'm beginning to believe your choice was the better and more just decision. We consider this matter done and over with and will not again, in any fashion, contact you. Thank you once more for all that you have done. May the All Father be your guide to wherever your destiny next leads you, a friend. You linger in the Griffin's ledge, L ledge as the afternoon slowly wanes, enjoying the friendly banter of the other patrons and some of the best ale you've had in quite some time. Though you can't say precisely why, the short note you found in the box, which you're certain was written by Tarkinor, served to buoy your spirits every now and again ever since your encounter with Zilgul Ghost in the cave near Fang Ridge. You're given pause to wonder whether or not you made the correct decision. Tarkinor's words, simple and direct, have removed any last vestige of doubt. As stated in a note, you too will now consider this entire affair over and done. Your thoughts are immediately scattered as three roguish characters, their breath smelling of ale and the bodies of an unkempt stable, invade the empty chairs at this table. The closest of the grimy trio, whose face caked with dust, turns to you in knots and then places a set of dice on the table and calls for a game of oak and troll. Before you can say a word, you reach over, scoop up the bone dice, and begin vigorously shaking the smart cubes as a small, small crowd gathers around to watch the unfolding spectacle of the complex game. The three new arrivals, who at first seemed put off by a brash move, laugh and call for an ale. After first slamming your left fist on the table, an optional, though largely customary measure in oak control, you toss the dice and watch as they haphazardly clatter to a stop. And that reaches the end of this adventure, with 1,024 experience to general, and 32 experience to all skills and powers. And later I'll get quite a lot of gold from selling all the things I found in that cave. So, City Gates of Trithic. Now, I hope someday we'll meet up with Zero Go again. That would be nice. Because he, he, like, he looks like someone who could really help me out in a pinch. What with, you know, already being dead and being, um, and being, a, I mean, being an incredibly mighty warrior when he was alive. 
And who knows what other ghostly powers he has. Yeah. So, next time, I guess I'll do... Let's see, it was two options. We're, well, there's a few options, actually. Uh, let's just do the the Prisoner of Falbroek. Yeah, that'll be my next adventure. And until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.